Hello and welcome. Thank you for stopping by. You've reached Things I Should Have Asked My Mother, starring a girl and her mother. We're going to talk about a variety of topics. We hope that you enjoy the discussion. Let's talk. This is Season 1, Tape 9. I was watching a TV show from the 70s where the character was offered a job for $20,000, and he felt pressure to take it because the salary was so good. It brings the question of financing one's life and how much we are driven by it. So we are going to try to talk finances a little bit today. Yes. So to preface, I think it's important to note that we're talking about New York City. So these variations could be quite large from now compared to your day. Yeah. And then if you even remember possibly grandmommy and granddaddy's time, like what money was like in their time. A little bit, you know, because back in my time, uh, money was not really discussed you know, with your children, all that was discussed is that we can't afford it. I heard that constantly, or we don't have the money to do it, or we can't do it with the understanding that it was a uh, financial situation. So growing up, did you consider yourself middle class, rich, poor? How did you see yourself? I didn't consider myself anything because I just didn't think in terms of money, but I didn't, I never considered ourselves poor. I, you know, the middle class changes, you know, with every uh, couple of years or what have you. But I didn't consider ourselves poor, but we were no means middle class. I think we were uh, somewhere in between trying to get to middle class. Okay. Um, So you grew up firstly in Harlem with your parents and you don't remember the rent that was being paid, but what were their expenses like for grandmommy and granddaddy? As I said, you know, we didn't, as children, we weren't involved in the financial, you know, situations is how much we have for this, how much we have for that. It was just glossed over that, you know, if you asked for something and you couldn't get it, it was because there was no money to get it because of the fact that we had to pay rent, which, of course, I didn't understand as a child. We had to get food and other expenses that we had to pay for. I didn't understand any of that. And also, we went to Catholic school, and the tuition had to be paid. And, of course, I remember in the beautiful Catholic school that I went to that um, if you didn't pay your tuition, they would bring you in front of the church near the altar to let, you know, everyone in that uh, church know that you didn't pay your tuition so you should have gone home yes you should have gone home and let your parent know that your tuition wasn't paid and it was due so yes why did they think mortifying you the child would be the best idea (laughs) that is what they did that's pretty terrible yeah I I had some flashbacks of things that happened in my childhood and I was like in school and I was like hmm this school very it seems interesting. At, at, at odds with what it's trying to teach in the Catholic school environment to do that to a child, to bring them up, especially as I'm saying that I didn't discuss finances with my parents. That was something that we didn't discuss. All I knew is that if tuition was due, they would give me the envelope and I would take it to school. I had no idea 
that it was late or not late, but... But you would surely know. I would surely know by when the priest or the nun said, please come up to the front because your tuition was not paid. You yes. had nothing to do with it, but you got dragged yeah, into and that's, it. Yeah, and that's a whole other story that, you know, I don't... Yeah, well... We're not going into right now. Yeah, it's about yeah. finances. Yeah. So since it was... Uh, Difficult. We won't go into like what their finances were, but did you get an allowance at all? No, I didn't get an allowance, but my father always kept money in his shoe. And um, anytime I said, Daddy, I need whatever I need, go in my shoe and get it. And I would go in the shoe and get it. I, I never felt that I was deprived, you know, so to speak, but I didn't get an allowance of any sort of any kind. Allowance was not something that took place in my household. Hmm. Mine neither. So yeah. how, how old were you when you got your first job? I think I was maybe 15 or 16 that I really got my first job and I got a, a paycheck. And I actually, I remember, I think I got a paycheck for $60 and it seemed like such a lot of money. I was so happy to get this check and to get this $60 and it felt good. Was that weekly? Yeah, I think so. It was a part-time job. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was a part-time job, but yeah. And, and I, what were I, you doing? I was doing a clerical stuff or office work of some sort, I, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was great, though. It was really great to um, get a check and have some money in my pocket, and that was a feeling that I enjoyed, so I think it kept me looking for more and for more and for more because it was a wonderful high to get that money and it was my own to do what I wanted to do with it. Yes. And speaking of what you did with it, what did you spend your money on? I guess, what did you spend your money on in these different categories as a kid before you had like, you know, your own place and responsibilities like that? What did you spend it on as a childless adult? And then what did you spend it on as a mother? Well, when I first started making my own money, I I imagine I just spent it on clothes because that was, um, you know, my presentation and how I looked and how I felt was attached to, you know, the sneakers I wore or the jeans that I wore or the nice outfit that I put on. Or if I spent it on records because I liked music, so I spent it on that. I was never a makeup person, so I didn't spend it on that. Or just going places, actually going out to eat. And if I'm, as I'm saying these things, I think it remained the same as I continued growing in life. It just got to a different level with the different restaurants that I could go to, the different places I could go to, the different types of clothes for my presentation that I could get. And as a mom, then it became, you know, getting things for my children, albeit that my mom helped me when I was younger when my kids were younger, because she was around and she bought most of their clothes and stuff like that. So it was just maintaining the roof over the head and um, getting, you know, food in the house and stuff like that. So I didn't I didn't really ever feel strapped and tight with, you know, how my money was spent. Okay, so I love buying clothes. I I enjoy it, trying to cut back. But uh, clothes are pretty pricey these days. So like, how much was a pair of jeans, for instance? I can't remember the exact prices. I, I really can't remember it at all, but I would imagine, I don't know. I can't imagine the prices because it's really a long time ago. It's a while ago that I went shopping 
as a teen or I went shopping as a young woman, you know, so it's, I can't remember the exact prices, but I never seemed to, if I wanted something, I could get it. Okay. I never was cut. I was never had the experience. Oh my gosh, I can't get it. I was never really a layaway person. I used to tell that to one of my friends, and she used to laugh. You didn't do layaway? No. When I went to the store to get something, I wanted to walk out the store with it. So I was never one to um, layaway. If I saw something that I wanted, if I didn't have the money, I'd check the price and I'd come back when I had all the money so I could have the merchandise. Well, that's pretty responsible. Yeah, I. I that's as as corny as it may sound. That's what I did. What uh, shops were you going in? Did you ever get like a credit card? Yeah, when I first got my credit card for uh, the department stores and stuff like that, it was heaven because again, I was I was pretty old, pretty responsible with my monies. When I got the credit card and I charged it up, I would not use it to the point where I couldn't pay it back. I mean, I did get in trouble as the years went on, and I tried to. Um, rectify that but when I got a credit card I tried to be responsible because it was so wonderful to be able to go in the store and get what I wanted because I got you know what was it Orbax was one of the stores and I think strawberries was one of the stores oh gosh they still have and strawberries. then uh, um I then uh, I then I then I um got introduced to like the visas and the MasterCards, which you could use in any store. And I was like, oh, this is wonderful. So then I could shop anywhere. I could go to Macy's. I could go to, you know, wherever I wanted to go to the shoe store over there and whatever. I could also use it at the restaurant. So when I was introduced to that, I was like, yeah, bet. This is great. But again, I was quite responsible, thankfully, that, you know, I paid my bills off until I got a little bit older and got into different financial situations that I got a little tripped up. But again, thankfully, I was able to resolve those as well. Where did you learn most of your financial knowledge from? Well, well, like, why I do you rem- think you were so responsible? I remember when I was in high school, I don't probably it was maybe 10th grade. And um, we learned, you know, we had a lot of stuff in high school that didn't seem to be worth much of anything. But I had a class where the teacher was teaching us how to write a check. And it just fascinated me. I said to myself, this is something that makes sense. I'm going to need to know how to do this. And, you know, a lot of people don't know how to write out a check, something as simple as that. But I learned it in high school. So that stayed with me when I did finally get a checkbook. And then in college, I was dating uh, my my boyfriend was in um, an accountant, taking accounting classes and to become an accountant. So he would show me how, he showed me how to do a bank reconciliation and I never forgot that. And so that made me always want to have my checkbook balanced to the letter. So I, I give him that. He, that's what I got from him. What is a bank reconciliation? A bank reconciliation is to make sure that what the bank shows you as far as your monies, your your money that came in, your money that went out is the same as in your checkbook, that your checkbook matches with what the bank is showing. And I do that to this day. Before I write anything out, I always go you know, online and check what my bank account is, the number, and what's in my checkbook, and they must match to the letter, to the penny. I don't write a check unless it it is to the penny because whatever's in the bank must be in my checkbook. Does it ever not match? I mean, I would think now that everything's electronical or digital. It always matches. That's one thing. My checkbook always matches what my bank reflects. Always. I would imagine. And if it does not, then it was because because numbers are finite. So if it does not match, the bank rarely makes a mistake, but it can. 
So I go back in my checkbook and I'll find that error. And I don't stop until I find the error. And sometimes, you know, depending on how you adding up stuff, you might have transposed some numbers or hit the wrong number. So you added it wrong or subtracted it wrong. You find the error, you fix that error. And of course, once again, your bank account matches with the bank. Got and it. I love it. Got it. Um, did you learn anything from your parents in regards to finances? Not particularly. Not really. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't, you know, no. You, you got to work and get some money. You have to make money. That's basically what I, I know. I wasn't taught it. It was just understood. So that the only way you could make money was by working. That's the way I understood it. So this is a thing that I like to think about because, you know, now in this day and age and everything is uh, pretty transparent. Like you see that you can make a lot of money through investing And, of course, obviously you need to work to get the money to invest, (laughs) but uh, have you ever invested? Do you ever? Sure, I invested. I invested a lot, and I I still invest a little bit today because I believe that investing is part of growing your money, you know, and uh, you have to have money in order to invest, but you got to find that money so that you invest so that you also have that a second piece of money coming in because I remember working, I work for the um, people that I work for, it was, we weren't going to get paid. And I got so, you know, anxiety ridden that, oh my goodness, if I don't get my paycheck, what am I going to do? How am I going to live? So what that helped me to realize that flows of income don't just only come from your paycheck. It has to come from other sources so that God forbid if your paycheck doesn't come in and you have that six months or three months of, you know, monies in your account that you have other flows of income. Because, of course, as we know now, you not working is not the only way to make your money. You have to work, but not necessarily a nine to five. There's other ways of making financial flows of income, thankfully. Yes, that's that's what I'm trying to learn more about growing up. You know, we. Uh, didn't discuss money that much. So, I mean, I didn't, I really don't know that much. I want to know more about it, but. It's never too late to learn about money. Which is great. it's always good to learn more about money because I still, you know, check out financial sites, even though I can't stand the thought, you know, it drives me crazy when I'm adjusting my bank account, but I'm just thankful that I'm able and I can do it. But I don't like to talk about money. And a lot of people don't like to talk about money, but you need to talk about how to manage your money and how to make sure your money is flowing and how, uh, as I always say, to keep yourself indoors. Of course, of course. So what do you consider a lot of money now versus how much you considered a lot of money as a kid? I see. I would. I'm not really a money person. So as far as thinking about, oh my God, this is a lot of money, or this is a lot of money. As long as I'm able to keep myself flowing, and I have my extra money over here, and I have my extra flows over here, I'm content. I don't need a lot of money. I'll take it, but I don't need a lot of money to sustain and to live the way that I need to live. Because money is a tool. I'm more about the health and such and such and such. But since we're talking of money. You know, I don't put a number on it, even though that sounds silly, but I don't put a a number on how much is enough or whatever, because you could never have enough. (laughs) Okay, it's always great to have more money, more money, more money. You know, I'm not going to say don't 
I'm going to stop and say, okay, here, I had enough. The more you have, the more flexibility you have with how you can live and what you need to do. And, and what you get, can give. What you can give. You know, it's always nice to give because when you give, you always get back in tenfold, not necessarily maybe monetarily, but there's other ways of feeling good, you mm-hmm. know? Okay. So I would like to get some numbers from you. So let's try to see if we can compare. I don't know if you'll remember these specifics, but my first apartment that I ever moved into, which was maybe seven years ago, I want to say, was... Wow, that long? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Was $1,400. I remember what my first rent was because it was was $327. And I, wow. I, I think I was, what was, I had to be at least 24, I think, maybe, somewhere in there. And it was 327. How big was the apartment? And it was a nice size apartment. It was a one bedroom with, you know, so it was good. It was a nice size, big enough for me to do what I needed to do in there. And it was great. And the neighborhood? The neighborhood was decent, you know. I grew up in the project, so it was, it was you know, it was fine. And how did you find this particular apartment? Well, I found this particular apartment because when I left my mom's home, I uh, moved in with a friend of mine, and they lived in that particular neighborhood. And so when her and I had a fallout, I just went to the renting office to find, you know, another apartment in that area because I was comfortable there. So that's how I found that. And unfortunately, the the person that I was dealing with in the renting office was an underhanded person because they... um, made me sign a, a, well, they didn't make me, but they suggested I sign a lease for a car. And I did for a parking spot. But then I thought about it when I renewed my lease the next year. And I said, wait a minute, I don't have a car. Why am I spending money for a parking spot? But, you know, you're young and you want to get what you want to get. So you don't ask too many questions and you don't realize certain things and certain people take advantage of people who don't know things. So, you know, but I lived and I learned because I realized, no, I don't have a car. Why do I have a parking spot? So then I, of course, I didn't sign the lease for the uh, parking spot. I just signed the regular lease for the apartment. Yeah. But you never got that money back. No, but that's okay. But that's okay. It, It didn't really... You know, it didn't speak of me. It spoke of the person who did that to me. How much additional was it just out of curiosity? $40. That's a lot if your rent is three twenty seven. Yes. Uh-huh. Was that a lot of rent back then? Or were people like, oh, what a steal? Because $1,400, people because were like, like what I, a steal? I don't know. I, again, I didn't just, I don't, money is not something that I discuss. I mean, money needs to be discussed. Yes, 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 yes. But what I paid for where I was living and what all these other expenses I had wasn't discussed with anyone unless they were there helping me pay the bills. And of course we could discuss it. The discussion of money to me is personal. You know, of course you need to know how to manage your money and these things of that general nature, but my specific monies, the discussion of it is personal to me. And I don't know if that's how other people feel, but that's how I see money. I remember reading an article saying something about like, you shouldn't, discuss your salary at work do you believe that like people say that you shouldn't 
I believe that, but I think the reasoning behind it is more for management's perspective, because when you start talking about, well, my salary is this and your salary is that, and then people will be, well, why are you making that? And I'm like, it, it can create dissension among the workers, yes. not necessarily whether it's a good or bad thing, but for management, they want to keep the workers in check, so they're not going to want them to discuss what they have because others are not getting everything that they're getting. Yeah, that was essentially what the article was going into. Oh, absolutely. That's it's only for the management's perspective. It's not about the workers or whether money should be personal or not personal. It's just purely from a management perspective. Okay. So when you had your first real job, because your part-time job, you made $60 a mm-hmm. week. What was your first real job? Now you're paying for your house and your bills and whatever. So, now? I mean... The next step. The next step where you said you're paying 327. Let's go to that time period. I think if I... Actually, I think I was making that... Was I, I was making in the 20s or the 30s. In the 20s, probably. 20-something 20 per year? 2,500? Two hundred, two twenty-five thousand, twenty-six thousand, twenty-seven thousand, somewhere in there. And that was a lot. And that was a, it. Wasn't a lot because, of course, this, like I said, there's no cap on how much money you should have or whatever the case may be. But it was. But decent. it was enough for me to live how I needed to live and to make sure my bills were paid for each month. Was there like a minimum wage? Yeah, I, actually, I remember sorts? when the minimum wage was three dollars, and that was a while back. Wow, 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 back. But um, when I started working, because I started working at the law firms and stuff, um, they didn't go by minimum wage. You made more money at the law firms. That's why I went to the law firms. And um, I don't remember what the minimum wage was at that time because I was making decent money because I was working at the law firm. They paid you decently. But again, within the law firms, there's structure of the different sorts of uh, monies that you made. And once I got into a law firm and got the experience, then I started to learn about the different levels of the law firms. And I always went to work for the best law firms, best meaning that they pay me the most, because that's what it was all about. How much are you paying me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was it. And work environment and how no, I feel. No, I didn't care about the work environment. Okay. How much are you paying me? Bottom line, because with law firms, this is my my personal experience. Law firms to me are all the same. The structure is the same. You know, the hierarchy sort of mentality is the same. So for me, it was about what is my paycheck going to look like? I'm coming here and I'm my presentation is good. My presentation is right. I know what I'm doing. What are you going to pay me? That's how I looked at it, and I still look at it. Okay. Because I'm a worker. Okay. That, that's fine. You're the technician. Mm-hmm. So the people you surrounded yourself with, your friends, did you meet them in work environment? I know you met some in school, but were they in the same – well, I know you didn't talk about money, but did you feel like you were all within the same – financial bracket were some of your friends rich did you have any rich friends I had acquaintances probably that made a lot of money and when we went out they would you know have no problem with picking up the bill but I wouldn't consider them my friends and my friends you know again we didn't discuss such and such but we knew of maybe of the range of monies that we wanted to be in because we of course all aspire to make as much money as we can because that's part of the game that's part of the nature of capitalism that's part of the nature of being in this world you ha- you need to make money 
So what were their careers? I'm just curious, like, who was getting, what were they paying? I feel like people in tech in this day and age are probably making a lot. So who were the people like that? Well, I mean, I don't, I mean, it wasn't the tech back then for me. It was, you know, I'm trying to think the different jobs that my friends did. But again, I don't know what they did. You know, I can't really, it's not coming to my head you know, and the people that I met at the law firm were acquaintances. I already had friends when I got there. I may, maybe met one or two that I would consider, I mean, let me see, not at the law firms. They were, uh, once again, acquaintances. It wasn't until I got into the government that I really, really made, like, really strong friendships there, you know. But at the law firms, I made friends, but it was, you know, it wasn't, they weren't sustained. But the people that I worked with at the government I could count a few of them that I still am good friends with today. Okay. All and right. we don't talk about salary, but we know salaries because the government is different. They give you, you know, a range of stuff and people know, people know this. As a matter of fact, I remember when I first started working for the government and one woman, she brought me in her office and she sat me down and she says, hi, oh, you're new here. You know, let's chat. Let's get to know each other. So um, what's your salary? <laughs> that was her first question. Yeah. And I said to myself, I don't know who she thinks she's talking to. I said, I'm new here, but I'm not new. Okay. I said, I don't discuss myself. She got the wrong one. I'm not, I don't even know you. I'm, you don't, you're not in my home. I don't discuss money with you. And she was really, she turned purple. Why are you asking me that is what I wanted to say. But I, and I said, I basically said that to her. That's not something I discussed. I thought it was quite rude of her and quite ridiculous. But um, again, you know, people try you when they think that you're new in an environment. But I had to let her know I'm new to this environment. Yes, the government, I'm new to it. I'm used to private industry, but I'm not new to the world. You're not going to have me pay for a garage that I don't have a car. Well, see, okay. that was a learning lesson It came for in you. handy, indeed. It definitely helped. So, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, so that was, uh, I'd say, you were around my age when that was all happening. But let's move into, I guess, what was the most important financial decision that you've ever made in your entire life? And um, what was that? I made a few of them. You know, I made a few... Um, important financial decisions when, you know, people talked about the general, you know, idea of money where you should have a certain amount in the bank. So, you know, if you should lose a job or, you know, become unable to work, that you have a certain amount of money to pay your bills for a certain amount of time. So I incorporated that into my, um, into my lifestyle. I have, as I said, I invested, you know, because also I worked for investment firms. So I learned that very early on. And, um, yeah, just keeping keeping the flow. And also, you know, as a mother of millennials, I've learned that nine to five is not the only way to make money and to sustain things. You could also have ideas and make those ideas make money for you. So that's also something that's good as well. And also real estate, you know, is a wonderful uh, area to make money. So Invest in, yeah. Yeah. What, is there anything that you wish you invest in? <laughs> Invested in? Um, I wish that I invested in um, Disney. You know, I wish I would have bought some stock in Disney and kept the uh, Disney stock because I know that Disney's doing very, very, very well. And just other um, industries and um, uh, different stock options that I should have maintained and kept. But, um, you know, it's all good. You know, I'm still here. So I'm able to still, you know, make some choices and make some changes. Yeah. Uh, 
do you feel like you should have talked about finances more with us or do you think that I should discuss finances with my children how do you think you I should think bring that up finances definitely today? should be discussed but I think it's like I in my opinion it should be a general understanding a solid understanding that money is something that you need in order to navigate yourself through this world and depending on what you how you want to live and what you want out of life you need money money is a necessary tool I, there's there's nothing it's quite understood yeah of course so i don't you know and i could tell you ways to make money and to, to to put your money here do this and do that of course but you know these are things that you could read about and learn about and figure out what's the best way for you and what's comfortable for you but of course i would always say to you try to keep six months of money so that god forbid if anything you can't do what you need to do as far as making monies that you have something to fall back on and have some sort of nest egg in your um in the bank or under your mattress or wherever you prefer to keep it. And that's what I should pass on to my children. That and whatever other financial stuff that you learn. We're always open to learning new things in new ways. Money should be discussed, but not to the point where it's berated. I don't think it's, it's just, to me, money is very simple. You need it. Okay. Period. And it's understood. (laughs) And in order to need it and to get it, you have to get it. And there's different ways to get it. You can make it by a nine to five. You could make it by an idea that takes off. You can make it by investing. You could make, there's several ways to make it. And that is the understanding that I didn't have as in my generation. I'm, my generation is, well, for me, working nine to five. That was the way to make the money. Or also, if you're an artiste, maybe to you, if you were to dance or whatever, if I was on Broadway, I could make the money there. But, you know, slow and steady won the race. You know, because slow and steady has won the race for me. Gosh, I'm very thankful that hopefully I could, I'm heading towards something where I, the, I'm done with the race. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm done and I did a good job and that's it. And I could also now do some other things to make money. Streams of income. That's right. Other streams of income is something you should maybe discuss with your um, offspring or discuss with your friends. You know, your, you know, whatever group you have, maybe... That's something to discuss other streams of income because a nine to five now is just, you know, something that you do, but you have other aspirations of other things that you can do, you know, but even given the nine to five, because the nine to five takes all your time, as we well know, but you're going to still have to learn how to maneuver within that nine to five if that is your first foray into making money, nine to five. Mm -hmm. Of course. I mean, many, many people, many have nine to fives. This is what society is still pretty much built on nine to fives. So, yes, but I mean, it's not as a- we well know, there's other, there's so many other ways to do it. Entrepreneurship is something that you really, really, really should um, think about. You may even want to listen to, he. you may think him a little bit outlandish, but Damon Dame, he talks about this topic of that, you know, we're programmed to think that we need to do nine to five, but you should and be an entrepreneur so that when you build up your own businesses, you can make sure that your children and your family have something to fall back on as opposed to the nine to five where you're at the at the mercy of a of, of the man. Of the, of the man. <laughs> and if you listen to him because of Damon his Dash, present, right? Damon Dash, okay. what I said? Damon Dame. Damon Dash. <laughs> because of his presentation, sometimes what he's saying is not understood. But if you listen yeah. to what he's saying and, and take away the flavor, the much flavor that he has, you know, and listen to his words, they're true. You know, yeah. and that's that's a discussion that you can have with your children about 
entrepreneurship I, as you, you know, as yeah. you like to do, you yeah. know. I, you should I listen do. to him. I do, I do. I listen to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Gary Vee is also one of my favorite people to listen to. Um, but I think there's just a lot of things in this world that people are trying to sell you, thrown down your, like, and shoved down your throat, and it's getting a lot. Do you feel any pressure to spend your money on certain things or no, like, through marketing? No, I'm too grown to feel that pressure. Through, I spend, through marketing, you don't think you no? I, and if, I mean, I don't. I don't see it that way. Maybe I'm not recognizing that that's what's happening. But um, I spend my money on what I want to spend my money on. I know that I have to spend my money on maintaining myself to not be on a park bench. I know that I like my presentation to be a certain way so I spend my money on that I you know I spend my money on what I spend my money on because money is to be spent as well and enjoyed as well as maintaining you need to enjoy you say that money is meant to be spent yes because you spend it and you enjoy it you feel good like just today we bought some flowers and we've had to spend money on it it feels good you buy yourself a pair of shoes you get yourself a facial you get yourself a massage you feel good self-care Self-care. And that costs money, too. And see that, but you feel good. Just like people who have money who could, and the time to uh, go to places like, I would love to go to a spa once a week. But, of course, the way my life is arranged, I can't do that right now. But in time, I'm hoping that that could be part of my lifestyle, you know. And when the world, God willing, you know, gets into some different shape or form or fashion where we're free to move around the cabin, you know, then we could, you know, enjoy our monies. God willing that we all still continue to be able to make it, (laughs) create it, and do what we have to do. You know, we need it. Money is a tool. You need it. Okay. So then to wrap up with my final question, I want to know what have you bought that's appreciated and what have you bought that has depreciated? Well, of course, I bought my beautiful condo, which brings me joy every day. And I had bought a home many years ago that is still, you know, for many variety of reasons, you know, has not settled. But I'm hoping that that will settle and I won't have to worry about it because I'm not. But my home that I live in now, I'm very proud that I and especially having gone through different things in my life that I'm where I'm at now, where I've landed. I'm very thankful. And because of the different things that I've learned about monies and all that sort of thing, and because of my own personal way of how discipline of how I handle my money, I'm able to be where I'm at now and I'm comfortable. And I'm hoping also that there's more to come. I'm looking into other real estate matters and I'm hoping that they come into fruition. I'm going to make them come into fruition. All right. Well, all righty then. That's what I'm talking about. Money. This this has been all about the Benjamins. Absolutely. Take care, all. All right.